You're listening to Ketchikan Church of the Nazarene. We are in the series Ology, right? And before we get any further, I think we're going to do the video again, uh, just so that we remember, because it's been a week, what the Nicene Creed is and what we believe and what we're studying. And so turn your attention to the video and uh, we'll do that. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. I like hearing that every week. Um, I recite it every week as I'm rehearsing. Do you, do you have a, a link you can link? A link that I can link? Yeah. For that? I can link that. Yeah. Yeah. I will link that with a link for the church. Uh, I'll post that on Facebook. Um, so if you... Uh, liked our Facebook page, I will just share that video. That video was made by another church, um, and they posted it free for any church to use. I just am so thankful when churches have great creative resources and they share them freely, and their motto is freely we have received, so freely we give, and I'm thankful that another church in the United States has made that beautiful video to encourage us and to strengthen our um, knowledge. So yeah, I will share that, and then you guys can share that. That's a great way to memorize it. Remember, my deal that I've made with you all, and nobody's taken me up on it yet, is if you can recite the Nicene Creed for me without assistance by memory, I will get you a Starbucks gift card, make it worth your while. Um, and so if you don't like Starbucks, we'll find another arrangement. But I want you guys to take this and own this because this is what we believe. Um, and so we have been studying what we believe for the past couple weeks in this series called Ology, which is basically short for theology, uh, the study of what we believe. Today, we're going to be studying about the Holy Spirit. 
Um, we've studied about God the Father. We've studied about Jesus Christ the Son. And today we're going to complete the Trinity by studying the Holy Spirit. Um, and the Nicene Creed reads this way. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, and who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified. He is one who spoke by the prophet. This is what we are studying today, and so I've got it up there on the screen for you. The snippets of the things that we understand to be true about the Holy Spirit, that he is the Lord, right? And they qualify that even further, the giver of life. Who is it that created in the beginning before all things were created? God, right? And who is that God? Well, We've learned God the Father was there before all time, right? We've learned that Jesus and the Father are one, and Jesus spoke all things into being. We read that in the Gospel of John, right? But now we begin to understand that the Holy Spirit was present too. The Spirit of God hovered over the waters in Genesis. He is the Lord, the Lord, one singular God that we worship the Lord, and the giver of life. Would we have life apart from the Holy Spirit? No. When God breathed life into Adam and Eve at the very beginning of time, when he created Adam from dust, and he did this great arts and crafts project, and prior it was like God Pinterest, you know, and he made Adam out of the dust. And then he breathed life into Adam. The word breathe is the uh, Hebrew word ruach, which means spirit of God. He literally breathed his spirit, his life into Adam. And that is how Adam received life from the very breath of God. It's the first CPR, as it were, right? He is the Lord and the giver of life. Okay? And he comes from the Father and the Son, meaning he is the same substance as the Father and the Son. And we learned about Jesus that he is the same substance as God the Father. They are not different gods. They are one God in the form of Father, Son, and Spirit. He comes from the Father and the Son, from the same substance. They are one and the same. And because they are one and the same, the Holy Spirit is worshipped and glorified with the Father and the Son, because there is but one God. And then the Holy Spirit is the one who spoke by the prophets. When you read in the Old Testament, you read about the prophets speaking under the power of the Spirit of God. This is very important because the Spirit of God didn't just show up in the book of Acts. When, when Pentecost came and we read the story about the Spirit of God descending upon uh, the disciples in the room and, you know, the tongues of fire on their heads and they spoke different tongues. That is not when the Holy Spirit showed up. Just like when Jesus was born is not when Jesus first showed up, right? Jesus and the Holy Spirit pre-existed time and they entered humanity at specific times for specific reasons, but they have always existed, always been, always gave life, always preceded us. The Holy Spirit is the Lord and the giver of life. He comes from the Father and the Son, and he is to be worshipped and glorified. The first thing that we need to realize about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is God. I don't know, I just, that, that's as clear and concise as I could make it for you. Holy Spirit is the Lord, not is a God, okay? Not is part of God. 
not as some aspect of God, not as part of God's personality. The Holy Spirit is the Lord. And I think sometimes um, we forget that as Christians. Um, when, when we read in Scripture, um, remember at the baptism of Jesus, um, and Jesus uh, met John the Baptist, right? And Jesus went down into the water to be baptized, um, and he was baptized, and then uh, the heavens opened and the voice of God spoke, right? And he said, this is my son with whom I am well pleased, which is like a big, like, fluorescent arrow towards Jesus, right? And then you've got Jesus who is standing in the water, and then the Holy Spirit descended like a dove upon Jesus, and you have this beautiful picture of the full triune God in this moment. And then later in time, Jesus is telling his disciples, go at the Great Commission, go and baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right, now let me ask you a question. In all of your knowledge of Scripture, who does God share his glory with? Anybody? Nobody. The correct answer is nobody. God shares his glory with nobody. So say that after me. God shares his glory with? Nobody. Nobody. So if God shares his glory with? Nobody. nobody then when he says, go and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, is he sharing his glory with anybody but himself? No. No, because the Spirit is God. He is glorifying himself here. Um, the Spirit of God is not an act of God. The Spirit of God is not a force. Okay? And sometimes we see this in culture where we think there is a force that is at work, but it's, it's unnamed and um, not a personality, not a person, not God, we just think it's this thing that's at work in the life, kind of like the Jedi Force, you know? Sometimes we think of the Holy Spirit like that. Sometimes we think of the Holy Spirit as a tool, as something that God has in his Mary Poppins grab bag, you know, and he reaches down in there. Oh, look, there's the Holy Spirit. I'm going to use that in this moment. That is not at all what this is like. The Holy Spirit is the Lord. The Holy Spirit is God, and we see that in Scripture. Um, you can, I'm, I'm going to go all over in Scripture today, okay? So if you have pen and paper, just scribble furiously, okay? Um, and I'm, I'm not even going to apologize for this because uh, the, the Scriptures are good and useful, and we're going to be all over them today. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 11, okay? Um, and, and we get the idea from this passage. Let me read it for you. That the Holy Spirit has a will, like intention, a purpose, and that he exercises this will. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 11. All these things, talking about the spiritual gifts that are given to believers, all of these are empowered by one and the same, capital S, Spirit, who gives to each one individually as he wills. The spiritual gifts that we have, the spirit of um, teaching and um, uh, all these spiritual gifts that we have that are listed in here, uh, they come from the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. 
and he decides who gets which gifts and when according to his will because he is an individual. He is a person in the Godhead. He is not some distinct force that God just throws at us. He is God. He has a will, and he decides how to exercise his will. Um, if you flip to Acts 13. There we go, Acts 13. Acts 13 tells us that the person, the Holy Spirit, speaks. It's not a force. An indistinct force doesn't speak. Acts chapter 13, verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said to them, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. The Holy Spirit has a will, and he exercises it. And when he does so, sometimes he speaks to believers. Sometimes he audibly speaks. Sometimes it is the Holy Spirit at work in our hearts, which directs us. But the Holy Spirit communicates with believers the will of God. Now, thirdly, something we should know about the Holy Spirit, if you flip to Ephesians. Nope, I went too far. You ever just skip over the book of the Bible you're looking for? Not the only one. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. This is a hard one. This is one we don't really want to look at very often. But if the Holy Spirit is indeed God, here's what we can learn from this passage. Uh, chapter 4, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Did you know that if the Holy Spirit is God, and he is, that you can grieve him? God has a will for your life, and he longs for you to be part of his family. But when you know what the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, is saying to you, and you choose to go a different direction with your life, you are grieving the Holy Spirit. You're causing the Holy Spirit sorrow. Have you ever thought of that? Like, when it comes to parenting, and you want your children to do what is good and right and holy that would give them long life and joy um, and benefit to them, to the world around you, and then they go and they do the exact opposite of what that is, they look at what you have told them, and then they go, meh, and they go the other direction, as a parent, does that grieve you? Because you want more for your child than what they are taking on for their life. You want more for them than what they have chosen. And it grieves you as a parent. This is what we do to the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. When we choose to go a direction other than the one that he says is the best possible path for our life. The Holy Spirit is God. He has a will and a voice and we can choose to ignore him if we so desire. Something else that we need to know about the Holy Spirit. He points to Jesus. When you look at the Holy Spirit in Scripture, there is a specific function that he has. And one of the greatest functions of the Holy Spirit is found in John chapter 15, verse 26. So the fourth gospel. John chapter 15, verse 26. And this is Jesus speaking, and he's speaking about himself, right? Because Jesus is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. 
And he says this. And I think you might have read this, Bob, earlier. I read 16. You read, oh, okay. Yeah, a little bit after. Uh, 15, verse 26. But when the Helper comes, when the Spirit comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. So here's the thing. When the Holy Spirit enters your life and you receive the Holy Spirit and you begin to listen to his voice and you begin to obey his will, the thing that the Holy Spirit does in you is bear witness about Jesus Christ. Because when you go about your life in and amidst all the chaos and the stuff that happens and all the good and the bad and the ugly, how easy is it to forget that you are a Christian? Anybody want to admit how easy it is? Right? But when the Holy Spirit dwells in your heart. He is constantly there, constantly reminding you of the testimony you have of Jesus Christ, that there is a better way, a more loving way, um, a more holy way, a way out from sin, a way out from temptation. And that is because of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is there to continually remind you that Jesus loves you and that there is a way to praise him amid all things. The Holy Spirit exists in your life to bear witness of Jesus Christ. And you know something that I think is interesting about this verse? Um, is it says, he is the spirit of truth. Um, we read last week that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, truth ooh, and the life. Now when we think about the Holy Spirit being God, right? That means everything that Jesus is, the Holy Spirit is. He's omniscient, omnipresent, like all-knowing, all-everywhere. Right? He is um, pre-existing all things. Uh, he is loving, right? And he is truth. So, will the Holy Spirit lie to you? No, because the Holy Spirit is truth. And so when the Holy Spirit testifies to you that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, then that is truth and we can receive it as such. So when we go about our lives and things are very difficult and we start to wonder, does God love us? And we hear the whisper of the enemy in our ear, like Adam and Eve did in the garden. Does God really love you? Does he really care about you? Has he forgotten you? Why would he let these things happen to you if you were part of his family? And those things get whispered in our ear. And then the Holy Spirit reminds us and says, hey, ignore that. That is not truth. What is truth is Jesus Christ is alive because he rose from the dead and he loves you. Remember that. It is a great gift to have the Holy Spirit in our life because of that remembrance. He points us to Jesus. But that's not all the Holy Spirit does. All the Holy Spirit does doesn't even fit on one page for me. Um, oops, I went too far. The Holy Spirit is at work in you. Did you guys know that? Huh? That when you trust Christ and receive him as your Lord and Savior, and your sins are forgiven, Scripture tells us that you receive the Holy Spirit. You receive the gift of God. You receive this constant reminder that there is love abounding for you. 
but it goes far beyond that. I want to read to you a list of things that the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, does for believers. And I just want you to listen to it. I don't, um, I can make it available. I will link it, right? Um, okay? That's how technology do. Um, but I want you to listen to the things that the Holy Spirit does in the life of a believer. Because God the Father has specific roles as part of the Godhead. And Jesus Christ has specific roles as part of the Godhead. And the Holy Spirit has specific roles as part of the Godhead. All one God, but they function in slightly different ways. Here are the works of the Holy Spirit. He gives you access to God. He inspires prayer. He anoints people for service. I love this one. He intercedes for you. Romans says that when you don't know what to pray because life is so, ah, God take, ah, and the Holy Spirit interprets that. And he intercedes on behalf of you and your needs with groanings that are too great for words. And he takes those things right to the Father and translates them and God does work in your life. He intercedes for you. He assures you that what you have come to believe is actually true. He helps you interpret scripture. You've never been one of those moments where you're opening the Bible and you've read that verse a hundred times. And then all of a sudden you read it the hundred and first time and you're like, oh, that, oh my goodness, I get it. That's what that means? Am I alone in that? Does anybody else? Okay, that happens and that's the Holy Spirit at work in your life. It's not just that he interprets scripture for you. The Holy Spirit is the author of scripture. The Holy Spirit leads us. You can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit liberates us. This is, this is really cool. He liberates us. If you're a believer, then you're born of the Holy Spirit. Not just of flesh and blood, but of the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit molds your character to become more Christ-like. The Holy Spirit calls you and then commissions you. It's this great thing where you're a believer and you love Jesus and then suddenly you get this kind of like inkling that you should be doing something like, oh, I should serve in the nursery or, oh, I should go overseas and do missions or, oh, I should probably come early and pick up trash or I need to go talk to that person at the grocery store and tell them about how much God loves them. And it might seem out of the blue and completely crazy, but that's the Holy Spirit calling you to service and then commissioning you, enabling you to go do that, right? And then we can be obedient and do that because he enables us. The Holy Spirit produces fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. The Holy Spirit cleanses you of sin. The Holy Spirit empowers believers to do what he has called us to do. Did you know the Holy Spirit even convicts us of sin? So when you're going about life and you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, and the Holy Spirit kind of goes, ah, and you feel that uncomfortable moment. That's the Holy Spirit saying, whoa now, wait a minute, back up the fact train. Should you be here? Should you be looking at this? Should you be touching this? Should you be tasting this? Should you be in this room? Should you be hanging out with these people? Should you, should you, should you? I don't think so. Here's an opportunity to get out from under sin. I am letting you know this is the stopping point. Holy Spirit can convict us of sin. I like this one. The Holy Spirit raises us from the dead. Scripture says 
that Jesus was resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that same power that rose Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit, lives in us and one day will raise us from the dead. That's super cool. Like what happened to Jesus is going to happen to us, right? He died and came back to life. We will die and we will have life through the Holy Spirit. He creates. You read that in Genesis. He regenerates us. Our heart that is darkened because of sin, when we trust in Christ, he doesn't just put a Band-Aid on our old heart, right? He actually does heart surgery, spiritually speaking, cracks your ribs open, reaches in, grabs that old heart out. This is all in scripture. Takes that heart, puts it aside, and then puts in you a new heart filled with the Holy Spirit. He empowers you. Oh, I love this one. He sanctifies you. You know what that means? It means he makes you holy. It means, it means that, that that scripture that says, be holy for I am holy, that we often look at and go, I never going to happen. I can't. I cannot do everything that God is asking me to do. I cannot live that kind of life. And we're discouraged by what we read in scripture. Be holy for I am holy is how we take it. That's not at all how that verse means. That verse means be holy because I'm holy. Because of God's character and holiness and because the Holy Spirit dwells in us, that verse is actually a promise. You can be holy because I am holy. I'm going to indwell in you. I'm going to live in you. I'm going to take that new heart right inside you. And because I dwell in you, you can now be holy because I am holy and I will help you be holy. That is such a great verse. I love that verse. He fills you. He seals you. He protects you. He gives you gifts. He strengthens you. He glorifies Christ. He teaches you. He guides us in truth. Don't know what to do? Ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. He testifies of Jesus. We read that. He helps us in our weakness. Anybody want to say they got weaknesses? Yeah, this is, yeah, right? Okay. Guess what? Holy Spirit helps you in your weaknesses. I love this. He gives us victory over the flesh. Oh, that flesh just gets in the way all the time, right? Oh, I wish I hadn't said that in that conversation. Or, oh, I wish I... All those times you say, I wish I hadn't, you know? It's probably the flesh that got the better of you in that moment. And scripture tells us that he gives us victory over the flesh because Christ has already won the victory for us, right? He has conquered sin and death for all time, for all people. And so when he sends us the Holy Spirit, that's like the victory flag. That's the thing that says, hey, we have the victory. Therefore, we can live in victory. We don't have to like hope one day we have it. We don't have to work for the victory. The victory was won at the cross and is now given to us and we can rejoice because of that. The Holy Spirit gives us victory. The Holy Spirit indwells in believers. And here's a good one. The Holy Spirit is a worship helper. You ever come to church and you're like, I'm just not feeling it. <clears throat> life is busy. Life is crazy. My mind is just not, I'm not feeling worship today. You ever feel that way? The, the songs come on the radio and you're like, ah, turn that off. I just can't today, right? Even Caleb, like where they got great songs all the time, but you just hear it and you're like, I just, mm, some other time. It says in scripture that the Holy Spirit will help us worship. The Holy Spirit will help us glorify God. That's a lot of things the Holy Spirit does. Have you thought about all those things that the Holy Spirit does? 
There's more. But that's a really good list of all the things that the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, does in the life of a believer. So I kind of want to ask the question this morning. If the Holy Spirit is at work in you, um, what is the Holy Spirit telling you today? This is not one of those messages that has a very specific point. Okay? My very specific point is the Holy Spirit is God and he's at work in you. Beyond that, I got no clue because I'm not Jesus. Um, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I don't indwell within you. I do know this. If you are a believer and the Holy Spirit dwells in you, then he is never not talking to you. He is never not speaking about Christ to you. He is never not encouraging you to live a holy lifestyle. He is never not enabling you to live that holy lifestyle. He is never not giving you opportunities to have victory. He is never not saying worship in this moment. But we live our life ignoring him. Tune in now. This morning, I just kind of want to echo the words that are found in Hebrews. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. I don't know what the Holy Spirit would be saying to you today. Sometimes preachers preach and say, it's between the Holy Spirit and you. And sometimes people get this really uncomfortable feeling when the pastor closes the sermon. And I hope y'all get that really uncomfortable feeling. Because I want the Holy Spirit to make you feel uncomfortable about something in your life. Because none of us are 100% perfect. Every single one of us has something that God says, you want to know what? This area right here in your life, let me touch that one. Let me remove this one. Let me enable this area. Let me help you serve. Let me help you go. Let me help you pray. Let me help you worship. Let me help you ignore this sin and never touch it again. It could be a myriad of things that the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. And I don't know what it is, but I do know if you are willing to listen, then the Holy Spirit will speak to you and do something in you. The worship team is going to come and lead us in a time of worship. And remember, the Holy Spirit is a worship helper. The communion elements are going to be available up here. Um, and during this time of song, if you would like to come and partake, come and partake. It's not going to be a, everybody do it at the same time. It's going to be a when you feel the prompting from the Holy Spirit to come and worship. When you feel the prompting from the Holy Spirit to come and receive, then come and receive this meal, which is a meal of remembrance, a meal that says, Jesus died on the cross for my sins. His blood was shed. That's what the cup symbolizes. And his body was broken. That's what the wafer symbolizes. And because his blood was shed and his body was broken, I am forgiven. And because I am forgiven, I have received the Holy Spirit. And because I have received the Holy Spirit, God dwells in me and wants to do something in me and through me. And if you are ready to lay hold of that promise today for the first time or the hundredth time, then I would encourage you as we sing this song to come and receive. Maybe kneel and pray. Maybe take it back to your seat and pray. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you and Jesus how to do you and Jesus. But you do you and Jesus today because I guarantee you he is not silent waiting for you to look his direction, and that is all it takes. Lord, as we praise you this morning, may this place be filled to overflowing with the praises of people that love you and that worship you. Maybe even the praises of people that are 
moderately curious about you. You inhabit the praises of your people. Scripture tells us we are all your people, made in your image. You love every single one of us, whether or not we have confessed faith in you. And you are drawing us to your own arms to wrap around us and love us and encourage us and cherish us and whisper all kinds of good promises into our hearts. Wherever we are in our journey this morning, we pray that the Holy Spirit would be speaking loudly to each one of us. We pray this in your name. Amen. You've just heard a message from Ketchikan Church of the Nazarene. To learn more about our church or to support our ministries, you can visit ktnnaz.org. Thank you.